When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. As new moms, we're pretty much obsessed with our baby's sleep schedule. But did you know your baby's sleep environment plays an important role in determining how much sleep he gets? Where exactly should your baby be sleeping? How should your baby be positioned? And what items should and shouldn't be near him? Joining us today is Joyce Davis, president of Keeping Baby Safe, and this is Newbies. He's gorgeous. Um, it's a girl. Surprise! The whole family's here. So when are you having the next one? It's just poop. Ready for another? Wow, you look really tired. Ready to go back to work? Yellow poop? Seriously? Did you sterilize this? Sex? Now? You've got to be joking. You should sleep when the baby sleeps. He doesn't look anything like you. I thought you already had your baby. I did. Babies don't come with instructions, so there's newbies, helping new moms and new babies through the first year. Welcome to Newbies, broadcasting from the Birth Education Center of San Diego. Newbies is your online, on-the-go support group guiding new mothers through their baby's first year. I'm your host, Kristen Stratton. I'm also a certified birth doula, postpartum doula, VBAC coach, and owner of Induce Season Doula Services. If you haven't already, be sure to visit our website at newmommymedia.com and subscribe to our weekly newsletter. You can also subscribe to our show through iTunes, so you'll automatically get new episodes when they're released. Sunny's here to tell us about other ways we can participate in the show. Okay, hi everybody. Thanks for listening to Newbies. As you know, Newbies is a new show and we are wanting to create more episodes with topics that are really important to you guys. So we are relying on you guys to tell us what topics you want to learn more about. So a great way to do that is head on over to our website at newmommymedia.com and you can submit through the contact link in our website. That's a great way to email us. Also, if you have any questions for the experts that have been on our show or any general questions about raising your baby or perhaps something you're going through as a new mom, we have tons of experts that would love to answer your questions. And so again, go to our website, submit through that contact link, and we'll basically find an expert to answer your question. And then we'll put your question and the answer together in an upcoming episode. Because odds are, if you have that question, someone else out there has that question as well. So those are some fun ways you can participate. All right, so before we kick off today's show, since we are talking about the best sleep environment for your baby, I thought it'd be fun to talk about an app that I found that I seem to like. We'll see if you guys like it too. It's called Sleepy Sounds, and you can find it on uh, the iPhone and uh, iPad, so it's available on iOS. It is free, and we love free apps. Um, It does have some ads in it, but you can pay $1.99 to remove those ads. And what I like about it is I'm one of those people that when I I download apps. I, I'm not a big fan of very complicated apps that can do like 110,000 things. I like very simple apps that I can go to for one or two maybe services, you know, that I need. And so this is truly uh, just an app that actually helps your baby go to sleep by using different noises. And so I have it here and I wanted to play some of these for you. So when you go to the main screen after you download it, there are some different um, categories that you can 
can choose from. One is called lullabies. There's another one for white noise. There's another one for nature sounds. And then the final one is for your own music. And so, for example, I'm clicking on lullabies now. And you can choose how long you want it to go for, so a certain amount of minutes or however long. And then um, if you don't want to select an actual time, you can just click that it's an infinite amount of time. If you're like, I don't know how long it's going to take my baby to fall asleep, you just click the infinite uh, or indefinite, sorry, indefinite, and then click start. See if you can hear some of this. Pretty simple, right? Is everybody getting sleepy right now? I'm totally sleepy. Yeah, totally. And what's cool too is on the screen right now, it has like some stars that are kind of falling from the sky and it has these really pretty colors and it's basically putting I Kristen and I in this whole, this whole episode. I might be asleep halfway through. Right? Yeah. And so that's the idea. Let's see. Let's go down to white noise here. Okay. So here's one. Um, again, I'm going to put this on indefinite because I don't know how long my baby, it's going to take my baby to fall asleep. And this is heavy rain. That's very nice. It is, right? It's like there's a rainstorm outside. You know how you like to like cuddle up under the yeah. blankets when it's raining outside? Totally the same idea. I think this is for parents too. <laughs> right? There's one for nature sound. So this is what um, a forest. You can kind of hear the cricket. I, I think I heard a woodpecker. Uh, was that a woodpecker? I think it was. A, or someone chopping down a tree. Hopefully not. <laughs> it's not very eco-friendly. No, it's really not, is it? But anyway, so that gives you an idea of the app. Really simple. That's all it does. You just select what noise you want, the amount of time, and there you go for your baby, trying to get your baby down um, for some little Zs, right? So, Kristen, what do you think about this? Um, I like it. I mean, I personally used noisemakers with my kids once, once they were, um, you know, sleeping through the night and not up all the time nursing, um, I felt that they slept better with some background noise just because, you know, sometimes the household is busy. Um, and so to drown out, you know, me doing laundry or dad and I having a conversation, you know, it was nice to just give them some soothing noise. Plus, I think about babies in the womb, how they hear um, the rush of mom's blood and mom's heart beating. Yeah. Um, and so sometimes that can be soothing. So right. um, I definitely don't think it takes the place of supervising your baby when they're sleeping or checking on your baby. Of course. Um, but I think um, it's it's good to provide maybe a more soothing environment. Joyce, what do you think of an app like this? What, do you think it's something that uh, could help babies fall asleep and still in a safe manner? Yes, I agree. Yeah, I think the sound's are terrific. All right. Well, if you guys want to check this out, we're going to go ahead and put a link up on our website. Again, it's called Sleepy Sounds, and it's available for iOS. And uh, check it out on newmommymedia.com. October is SIDS Awareness Month. Safer sleep environments can reduce the number of SIDS-related deaths. So today on Newbies, we're discussing how to create the ideal sleep environment for your baby. Our expert, Joyce Davis, is the president of Keeping Babies Safe, a nonprofit organization that provides education, assistance, advocacy, and leadership in the development of safer children's products and practices. Thanks so much for joining us, Joyce, and welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Uh, nationwide, how many babies are affected by unsafe sleeping practices? In 2014, there were uh, close to 75,000 emergency room uh, treated injuries with juvenile product for children under the age of five. 
and crib mattresses, play yards, play pens, uh, they were the leading cause of death and injury among all nurse, nursery products. It is a hazard if not used properly. It really is. Okay, Joyce, so let's talk about the location of where your baby is sleeping. Skin to skin is recommended in hospitals for bonding. How can we safely do it at home? You know, bonding is fine. Uh, Skin to skin bonding is fine, obviously, when your child is awake or when you're feeding your child. But honestly, the safest place for your baby to sleep is in his or her own crib in your room. And, And, you know, I know the American Academy of Pediatrics and the Consumer Product Safety Commission all back that as well that it's really safest for the baby to have their own crib in your room. So what is the difference between co-sleeping or bed sharing? Um, And what is your professional opinion about babies sleeping in this type of environment? Yeah, bed sharing is when obviously there there could be multiple people in the bed with an infant. And uh, co-sleeping is also, you know, it's a fine line because some people view that as co-sleeping. But... You know, we try to educate, and hospitals are following this as well, that you can put the baby in in a crib when it's a newborn, a bassinet, in your room right next to your bed. So the baby has its own safe sleep environment. Honestly, you know, I, I know that there's advantages and disadvantages to both. We do recommend that they sleep in their own crib in your room. So it could be where... You know, many companies now make those cribs that attach to your bed, but the baby, again, is in its own sleep environment, and we feel that that is is safest. And uh, what about the various containers we use for our babies? Swings, bassinets, pack-and-plays, and car seats. What do we need to know about our babies falling asleep in these items? You know, many babies fall asleep in car seats and swings and you know, obviously, if you're watching your baby and on top of your baby, you see that they fall asleep and nobody likes to wake a sleeping baby. I've been there, four children of my own, you know, but again, um, when your baby is sleeping, I can only say this, you know, so many times, the safest place is in his or her own crib. And, um, you know, a baby should not sleep in a car seat or a swing. Babies are creatures of habit. And, you know, the more and more research and the more we learn is that a baby is a creature of habit. So if you put your baby in a car seat and they fall asleep, they're going to want to sleep there. Regarding play yards, we do not recommend babies sleep in a play yard. They're, they're meant, you know, for a baby to play in when there is parental supervision. And, and one of the greatest mistakes a parent can make is to put a supplemental mattress, an added mattress, into a mesh-sided play yard. We recommend, and there are warning labels now on all play yards advising parents and caregivers to only use the mattress sold with the play yard. Those supplemental mattresses are a known suffocation hazard and if you log on to keepingbabysafe.org, we've produced uh, two brand new videos where you can see the dangers of what happens when you add a thick mattress to a mesh sided play yard. The baby's head gets caught between, because it's, it's soft sided, it, it nudges out, and a baby's head gets caught between the side of the mattress 
and the and the side of the play yard. So then your recommendation would be to move the baby from whatever container they're in, the swing, the bassinet, um, to the crib environment, correct? Totally, yes, correct. The crib is meant for sleeping. So why are cribs the best environment for your child to sleep? In 2011, um, our country passed the strongest crib laws that our country has seen in over 30 years. And these new crib laws make it mandatory that all cribs go through third-party testing and have more rigorous hardware and are safer. Part of that mandate for the new crib law, they drop-side cribs were banned. So families should never use a drop-side crib anymore. And if you're not sure if your crib is safe or meets the new standards, you can log on to uh, keepingbabysafe.org or check with the cpsc.gov. Um, and obviously all manufacturers and retailers are now selling cribs that do meet the new standards. What factors should we consider when it comes to the environment outside a baby's crib? Well, you should never place your baby next to a window, never uh, next to window blinds, strings, or cords. And uh, that goes, you know, with for baby monitors as well. The crib should be in the center of the room away from any any ledge or any furniture, away from any wires. And what about people who hang, you know, pictures or letters with the baby's name over the crib? Is that something that they should avoid doing as well? I wouldn't put it directly over the baby just because if they fall, even if the baby can't reach it, obviously, because it's not standing. But I would just make sure they're secure. And, you know, what I tell people is decorate the room, not the crib. You just want bear is best in the crib. You know, one thing that we did, because I have twins now that are almost two years old, and so I've got a nursery that has two beds, two cribs in it. I really do like those wooden letters that you're talking about, Kristen, but I was scared. Yeah, my daughter had them too. Right, but right, but especially out here in California, we have earthquakes and stuff, right? We've got to like really attach stuff to the walls <laughs> and make sure everything's right, yeah. really secure. But one thing I did that I loved that I would recommend to parents is, you know, they have those like sticky letter things you can put on the walls. I actually ordered something from Etsy from a, you know, a small shop on Etsy and had my girls' names. It's this beautiful embroidery, but it's literally just a sticker. It's a huge sticker. It's very sticky. It's not going to fall off the wall or anything like that. It's absolutely gorgeous. And now I don't have to worry, you know, so above both their cribs, they have their names in this beautiful cursive text, matches their room perfectly, and I don't have to worry about anything falling on my baby. Yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah, yeah, Sunny, I did the same thing because yeah. you're right, we have earthquakes here and yeah. I just didn't decorate. So your right. alternative sounds a lot <laughs> nicer than mine. Um, I just have barren walls. <laughs> but it, but it, is, it, it is good. It's, it's a very simple idea. You know, decorate the room, not the crib. Right. And if you feel that you have to have things for the crib, put it in when the baby's not in the crib. Yeah, that's a great tip. When we come back, we'll learn more about what should go inside your baby's crib and how to safely position your baby within the crib. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the show. We're talking with Joyce Davis about safe sleeping practices for newborns and infants. Joyce, let's talk about crib mattresses. What should parents look for? The mattresses should be firm and tight-fitting, uh, no more than two fingers between the, the side of the mattress 
and the crib. The crib and the mattress should meet the new federal standard of 2012. And when it comes to mattresses, when we're talking about mattresses, there's a lot of different types of mattresses on the market. We see a lot of stuff for like organic mattresses and semi-soft and really, you know, soft or whatever, you know, however they classify them. Do you have any feedback on, you know, what might be safest for baby? Um, I can't tell you what's safest, but the best way for your baby to sleep is on his or her back. So even with these breathable mattresses, I know sometimes they show the baby on their tummy and, you know, typical SIDS occurs typically between three and five months old and the baby needs to be on his or her back. Babies typically don't start rolling over until they're six months old. Um, so... Whatever mattress you use, just make sure your baby is asleep on their back. And what about crib bedding? What should be used and what shouldn't be used? Fair is best in the crib. So by that we mean, you know, a firm mattress and always a a crib mattress sheet. Never use a twin mattress sheet. That's very dangerous for a baby. So it should be a fitted crib sheet. And we say, you know, no traditional crib bumpers, no pillows, no blankets, no comforters, no toys. There is best in the crib. They have those breathable bumpers. Do you have any feedback on that, Joyce? Um, A lot of people like the vertical breathable bumpers. But again, there is no proof that um, the bumpers help or protect a baby's head. Um, So, you know... We always say decorate the room and not the crib. If you feel you need the bumpers, put the bumpers in when the baby's not in the in the crib. But you do not, those traditional heavy billowy bumpers are unsafe. I would not use those at all. I always thought it was so interesting that in those, like if you buy those packets or like, you know, they kind of package everything together for you, they, they give you like this kind of comforter for a baby. I'm like, seriously, yeah, like I don't even know know what they use those for. Major, we've been working with major retailers, and I know in New Jersey and New York, a lot of the retailers have removed the bumpers and the um, comforters from those sets. Yeah, it's just so odd. It it is. Like, what do you do Completely against the recommendations, and yet I actually um, sewed them and made them into a valance for the window. Oh, nice. Yeah, perfect. So I I didn't waste the material. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, or, or like a little throw pillow on the glider. Right. Yeah, so it wasn't wasted material. Very nice. Yeah. Pinterest. <laughs> I, know, I, know, I know the Consumer Product Safety Commission is going to issue a statement about bumpers. So I, I would not use the traditional crib bumpers. And what about um, mobiles and toys? You mentioned it a little bit, but um, could you just expand on why those are not recommended? Yeah, I mean, there should be nothing in the in the crib when the baby sleeps. Um, you just obviously don't want to hurt the baby or have anything in there that could be a suffocation hazard. And the mobile, um, you know, it's fine when the baby's awake and when you're supervising the baby. But again, you don't want something like that to fall and hurt the baby. And what about monitors or other sensors within the crib? Are those safe? Yeah, they're safe. And I know they're very comforting to parents. I use them. Um, but you just want to make sure that all the wires and electrical wires and, and all of that is away from the baby so that the baby cannot hurt themselves. But yeah, I, I was a big fan of those, of monitors. They really helped me. But again, you, 
that shouldn't stop you from going in and checking your baby and, again, making sure your baby's asleep on his or her back and just make sure there's no wires near the baby. You know, I've seen some stuff. You know, I go to different expos every year, and there's always, of course, new baby products coming out. And I'm seeing more and more products of um, more like outfits or things your babies would actually be wearing that help monitor, you know, their breathing, and then it's connected to an app or something like that. I mean, is that something, and you don't necessarily see wires and stuff. Um, You have any thoughts on that, Joyce? Yeah, I mean, again, there's so many products out there now that are, you know, like sleep sacks that the baby doesn't need a blanket and just keeps the baby comfortable and and secure. And, you know, I think those, those sleep sacks are, are terrific for sleeping. I really don't know much about the, the sleep sacks that, you know, have the monitors in them. But again, if, if it's just one piece, we recommend one piece for the baby. And uh, how should we dress our babies when they go to sleep? What should we consider? Sleep sacks are, you know, uh, highly recommended. You don't need a blanket for those. And the baby should always be cool. So you don't want to overdress your baby. And, you know, if we, we say no blanket in the crib because these sleep sacks keep the baby warm. And what about swaddling? What's the recommendation for that? Yeah, I mean, a lot of these sleep sacks now, you know, everyone recommends swaddling. Um, but when the baby goes to sleep, if you just put them in a sleep sack, the swaddling isn't necessary. And some of these sleep sacks have attached to it, um, you know, uh, it's attached to the sleep sack. So you could uh, swaddle your baby's arms in, in, it's hard for me to describe, but in on the side of the baby so that, again, they're sleeping in, in just one piece. Yeah, we loved those. Those were those were a big popular item in our home. And every time there was a blowout and we had to wash it, it was just a sad day until it was dry and we could use it again. So um, I definitely, definitely appreciated those. I'm really glad they were invented. I, th- I think especially with new parents, I find that a lot of parents are kind of over over like I don't know putting too much clothing on their babies I remember when I was a first time mom I was just so scared my baby was always going to be cold right because I had heard about you know them not being able to retain their body heat and all this kind of stuff and so I know that's kind of you know something to consider especially when it comes to SIDS and stuff is if babies get overheated you know that that's kind of a bad thing so um, those sleep sacks yeah could definitely work and then that's what I was concerned about with swaddling too is they would get too hot so if they, I don't know if they have breathable stuff that yeah would they be have like me a little cotton more. materials for yeah. like out here where it doesn't right. get below zero and then I'm sure right. if you were on the east coast or somewhere in the Midwest where it was really really cold right um, maybe you didn't have good heat in your home or something then right. you would choose a different material right so Joyce what is the safest sleep position for baby uh, always on their back without question baby should always be put to sleep on their back and what about when they are rolling? Um, is that something that parents should worry about? Should they go in there in the middle of the night and flip them, or should they just leave them as is? <laughs> you know what? Once once the baby is rolling, obviously they're past the high peak time of hopefully SIDS. And uh, once the baby is rolling, there's nothing you can do. Because, you know, when a baby, when a newborn, before they're rolling, the heaviest part of the baby is their head. And so that's, that's what makes it so dangerous. Um, 
because if if a baby can't roll over yet, they can't move their head. And so they can't get out of a dangerous situation. But obviously once the baby, and that's why you put your baby to sleep on their back. And once the baby's rolling over, then there's nothing you could do because the baby's going to roll to to their position where they're comfortable. Yeah, that's true. You can't stop them. Once they start moving, there's no stopping them. I I would go in and my twins would always get there because they had chunky little legs and their legs would get caught yes. in the cribs yes. and they would really get stuck. Yeah. It kind of hurt I used them. to put oil on them to get them out. Yeah, yeah it was seriously. scary. Yeah. And it made me think, you know, gosh, I'm glad, you know, nothing else is getting stuck there. I mean, yeah. obviously their head's too big and we wouldn't have to right. worry about that. But Yeah. Any p- input on right. that, um, Joyce, as far as, you know, arms, <laughs> How do you get ch- legs chunky unstuck? arms and legs unstuck? <laughs> you know what? Yes. You know, a baby can get their arms or legs through, but honestly, they're not they're not going to hurt themselves. Yeah. The slat width is much smaller these days, and cribs today are the safest cribs we've seen in our country. Right. So when used properly, that is the safest place for your baby to sleep. Thank you so much, Joyce, for chatting with us today about safe sleeping practices for new babies. And for our Newbies Club members, our conversation will continue after the end of this show. Joyce will share important research about the prevention of sudden infant death syndrome, also known as SIDS. For more information about the Newbies Club, please visit our website at newmommymedia.com. So we have a question from one of our listeners, and this comes from Aaron McMillan, and Aaron writes, Hello, newbies. I have a question about my 10-week-old daughter. She is having a hard time napping for more than 45 minutes. She takes about four naps a day, and at least half of these she wakes up at around the 45-minute mark and will not settle back to sleep. I allow about one and a half for her to nap, and she will typically sleep this amount once or twice a day. She sleeps a stretch of about 10 hours at night, waking up once to feed. I have tried rocking her back to sleep, letting her cry, and getting her up. She is extremely fussy. Any advice would be great. Thanks so much. Hi, Erin. This is Jen Varela from Sugar Night Night. I'm a certified general sleep coach located in San Diego, California. And I work with families all over the country via Skype. Your question is excellent and one that I think many new moms are wondering and concerned about. When our babies are fussy, as mothers, we want nothing more than to help our baby be calm, secure, and happy. You're on the right track. You're questioning, could your baby be overtired and overstimulated? And is that the source of why your baby's fussy? How do you know if your baby's overtired or overstimulated? What is a normal nap for a newborn to three-month-old? I say not normal is normal, as sleep greatly fluctuates during the first three months of of life. It'll look different for each baby. Schedules are important for babies and their families, but the inner clock needs to dictate the schedule. For newborn babies, three months of age, nap lengths will vary, and your baby may have several long naps each day, or maybe five or six of irregular lengths. I have found that in my practice, it's not closer, not until closer to six months of age that you'll see predictable schedules with day sleep. So how do you know what is right for your baby? Here's two questions to ask. First, how much sleep is your baby getting in a 24-hour period of time? The National Sleep Foundation, as of this fall, 2015, recommends that newborns to three months of age get between 14 and 17 hours of sleep in a 24-hour period. Erin, it sounds like your baby's getting two naps equaling an hour and a half each, two naps equaling 45 minutes, 
and a 10-hour stretch at night. My total show your sweet little one is averaging 15 hours in a 24-hour, which is within the normal recommendation of sleep averages. So good job. If you are keeping a log of your baby's naps and night's sleep, you'll be able to track if your baby is giving enough sleep. So if it's not that your baby is short on sleep, then what else could it be? Second question to ask is, is your baby sleep in the right place? It's okay to let your baby's sleep pattern evolve on their own, but you want to make sure you're providing the opportunity to sleep in the right place and are not missing their sleep window. I found that Dr. Polly Moore's approach is excellent. Her method is scientifically supported but simple to use. Her book is titled The 90-Minute Sleep Baby Sleep Program. The basic concept is that as humans, our brains go through the rest and activity cycle in 90-minute increments. This is most significant for the baby's first year of life. So, just by providing your baby the opportunity to sleep again after having been awake for 90 minutes, you are working with their brain's natural rhythm in providing sleep pressure. Her approach is called NAPS, N-A-P-S, standing for N. Note the time your baby's last awakening. A, add 90 minutes. P, play and pursue other activities with your baby during that time. And F, soothe your baby back to sleep. So every 90 minutes of awake time, soothe your baby back to sleep again. Be encouraged that in time, as your baby matures, the sleep rhythms develop, shorter naps will stretch into longer ones, bedtime will start earlier, the number of night awakenings will decrease, and your baby will start to follow a schedule. My last tip would be if your baby is nearing three months of age and you're finding that the awake time between last nap and 10 p.m., bedtime is really a fussy period, then consider moving the bedtime earlier. A good window for bedtime is between 6 p.m. and 7 p.m. And be sure to treat any awakening after bedtime the same as you would a 2 a.m. awakening. Your baby's bedtime may be changing and they are no longer taking the evening nap. Thank you for your great question and I wish you many nights of sweet sleep. That wraps up our show for today. We appreciate you listening to Newbies. Don't forget to check our sister show, Preggy Pals, for expecting parents, parent savers for moms and dads with infants and toddlers, the boob group for moms who breastfeed, and twin talks for parents of multiples. Thanks for listening to Newbies, your go-to source for new moms and new babies. This has been a new mommy media production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of New Mommy Media and should not be considered facts. While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, Please seek assistance from a qualified healthcare provider. New Mommy Media is expanding our lineup of shows for new and expecting parents. If you have an idea for a new series, or if you're a business or organization interested in joining our network of shows through a co-branded podcast, visit newmommymedia.com. Hey, mamas. Don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. 
visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.